minutes. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 308 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. We are very excited tonight to talk about Breeders' Cup 2023, all the sights, the sounds, the races, everything that we're going to be discussing. It was an unbelievable, not only weekend, but really the week leading up to the Breeders' Cup. Thank you very much to everyone out there for watching our shows and videos and whatnot. We'll talk about some details in just a minute. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. After that, hit the notification bell so you know when new content will arise and also smash that like button, of course, that thumbs up button. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. We have a fantastic website, hhhracingpodcast.com. And we also have Power Picks. And our Breeders' Cup Power Picks were absolutely fantastic off the charts. Shout out to Pete Visco for uh, putting together some stats. And I sent them out to everyone who received our Breeders' Cup Power Picks. We knocked it out of the park on both days, especially on Saturday, almost every horse we talked about fired big time. Uh, pick fives, best bets, a few long shots that were close that almost came in. It was fantastic. Now we have regular power picks every Saturday. Some of you at home already subscribed to it. So please make sure you check out our regular power picks, which come out on Saturdays. Look below the video player for information. We also have a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. And we're on Insta. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com backslash HHH Racing Podcast. All right, we got a lot to talk about. So without further ado, let me bring on my fantastic uh, co-hosts that are going to be with us tonight in no particular. First, let's bring on from the East Coast of Maryland and the co-host of our flagship show, Mr. Pete Visco. And then we have some gentlemen from our Betten and Boozin show from New Jersey, Patrick Kunzel. From Cali, Noah Maher, and from Chicago, now, of course, hailing at the Ohio State University, Charlie Freeman. Boys, have we got enough sleep yet? How are we doing? I'm recovered. Tired. Yeah. <laughs> These guys uh, don't need sleep, Howard. They're kids. They don't need to sleep nah, like we well, do. Someone else, I'll tell you someone who didn't need sleep is me. And, of course, Patrick there in the top right-hand corner knows why. But, uh <laughs> I was I was so tired, guys. Uh, I almost took a nap at dinner. Let's just say that. Uh, almost. Sure the, wait, wait, the wait. Almost. Well, anyway, we'll just move on. <laughs> yeah, the glasses of wine probably didn't help the situation. But uh, based on the fact I was working on three, four hours of sleep several nights uh, before leaving for Delmar, guys. Before we talk about the races, a few quick things. First of all, Kyle Roscoe, I believe, will be here. Um, actually, do me a favor, um, Noah or Patrick, when, when you guys uh, text him, maybe he thinks the show starts at 8 o'clock, but um, maybe one of you guys can text him, find out, uh, you know, where Kyle is. But uh, Kyle was supposed to join us tonight, the, the host of uh, Ben and Boozen. Of course, our, our good friend, uh, Paul Halloran, uh, whose co-host is in Kentucky, unfortunately, uh, with the Dorman family for Cody Dorman's wake and funeral. And our thoughts and prayers, of course, are out to the Dorman family and, and to Paul as well, who uh, obviously we all have a close relationship to the Dormans, but uh, Paul especially. So, um, you know, we hope to have uh, Paul will, will be with us next week. And uh, 
you know, that's a very tough situation. But guys, before I talk about uh, Delmar and Pete, hopefully, or for Delmar, I'm you said it twice year. now. It's twice I, now. You said I know. That. I'm thinking about next year, <laughs> or next two years, actually, which is crazy. Uh, Pete, you weren't able to join us out there. Hopefully, you'll be able to join us out there at Delmar. Were you watching at home? I'm assuming, Pete, or what, what, what was your deal for the Brewers Cup weekend? Friday was at home because I was actually working. So I was, you know, working and keeping an eye on the races. And then Saturday I spent the day at Laurel. So, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly Santa Anita, but you know, it was still the track. So it still counts. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I'm going to bring on a picture first. And uh, there's two pictures that I want to show. So let me show the first picture. Our group guys was just absolutely spectacular. I know uh, the cool thing was uh, here, here's the full group of everyone. Um, I'm just going to go left to right. Let me make this actually, it's about as big as I can make it. Let me make it a little bit bigger. Uh, this is the BC, the BC, BC crew plus now that we have people from bed and booze uh, joining us, but from left to right, Bob Mullins, who's a great guy and good friend of Paul, of course, Paul Halloran, Drew Coatney, the last year's BC, BC champ, Brad Anderson, the 2019 BC, BC champ, Another great guy. And then to the right of the horse there uh, is, of course, Matt Miller. Some ugly guy next to him in green wearing the Crownsway stuff. That's me. And then uh, we got Charlie Freeman, uh, Noah Maher, and then the, the big boys, <laughs> wise least, Patrick Hunzel, Kyle Roscoe, and his lovely fiance Emma. Guys, it was really – I'm just going to go bring on everyone on here. Uh, what, let me actually bring on – both let me do that sorry guys uh patrick you had a chance to the whole ben boozen crew is out there for the first time must have been really cool first time first santa anita for you first breeders cup i mean wow what an experience patrick yeah it was it was incredible um santa anita was you know we'll talk about we'll get into what we liked and what we disliked but just the whole atmosphere alone how everybody just you know seems to congregate towards santa anita you know getting on the plane and just seeing everybody in Horse racing gear and stuff like that was was just awesome, and the racing was obviously fantastic. Yeah, and uh, what were your impressions of San Anita very quickly, uh, Patrick? Overall, uh, you know, I, I liked it. Um, I I think it's a nice track. Uh, I do think they have a lot of um, updating to do on it. To be quite honest, uh, you know, the Wi-Fi was not good. Um, sound was not good. So th- there was a lot of things that could be done better, but um, I think that they'll improve. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those things. Charlie, again, same thing with you. First Breeders' Cup, first time San Anita, the whole experience. Guys, I got another picture that I'm going to show here in just a second. And, you know, I, I find it really cool, guys, that I'm going to show a picture right now here. The chance that you guys had to meet each other. I mean, I never got this picture. Just really cool. Someone from California, from the Midwest, from the East Coast. And you guys all came together, all came together just because your love of horse racing. Uh, Charlie, it'd be pretty cool to meet the whole crew. Oh, no, it was absolutely um, incredible to get to have everybody together. I mean, again, uh, I don't know everybody who's watching tonight how aware everyone was of my situation personally, but this wasn't even supposed to happen. I mean, I know all you guys obviously were supposed to be going there, but this was something literally after one of our shows 
we just talked about the trip and I happened to have time in my schedule to make this work to so, you know, to go from just having originally what was supposed to be a boring cold weekend in Ohio, where I probably would have just watched the races on my own. I ended up getting to fly out to California, stay with Noah and his family, which was obviously very generous of them. And that was a great experience. Uh, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up in 80 degree weather in the jacuzzi in the morning, discussing the races with Noah and then going to <laughs> Santa Anita for the first time and just taking it all in. And it was, uh, the weekend went by so fast. I mean, it was unbelievable getting to be with everyone, enjoy the racing. I mean, sure, there were the Wi-Fi issues, the announcing. Nothing was going to be perfect. But I think, honestly, just all of us getting to be together and have a good time and, uh, you know, certainly helped that it was also a profitable weekend. I think it was really an unbelievable thing. And I'm planning to go back next year already. Terrific. I will say, Charlie was about as quiet as I've ever heard in the first few races on Saturday, as we all find rough. ways sometimes to struggle. But, boy, did Charlie come back in a big way that that's the way racing goes. Noah, sorry, your neck of the woods there, about 45 minutes from your house and also the pleasure to meet your parents, which was great. I'm sure you enjoyed the weekend immensely, Noah. Oh yeah, it was, it was awesome. Um, you know, that was the first time I had seen my parents, uh, since they dropped me off at school. So it was about almost three months. Um, and then I had the pleasure of, of meeting Patrick and Charlie and, you know, just those, you know, a couple of nights that Charlie and I were, you know, going over the races for the next day. Uh, just, you know, you don't always get that, you know, being a, a young kid in, in a sport like this. Um, but yeah, you know, meeting those two guys and then seeing the guys that I had seen before and meeting a bunch of cool people. It was, it was truly awesome. Yeah. Our group is really special, Pete. I know you had a chance to meet a bunch of people at Saratoga this summer. Um, and I'm sure you're with a great group of people also, Pete, just, uh, not, not the, uh, podcast group. Well, you know, it's funny. I, you, you guys were talking about the sound and the the bar that. So, me and my friend Mike, who was at Saratoga with me, we we were we sit at this bar and, and there's no sound. You can't hear. I didn't hear one call of the Breeders' Cup races on Saturday. So we just sit in the bar. You watch it. It wasn't even like a big TV. It was a huge bank of TVs. So you're just watching on some little TV with some true degenerates. So it was, you know, it takes me back to the old days. So I, I still enjoy. It. You get a bucket of beer and and some TVs, and that's pretty much all I need. Yeah, no, and and I made more money after betting Remington and and FanDuel than I did <laughs> during the day at, at Breeders' Cup. So, well, that can, that can happen too. A lot of your favorites ran decent, just not good enough. But we'll we'll get into that. You yeah. had some you had some good picks though. Otherwise, but I know a lot of your favorite horses didn't quite come through. Let's real quick, guys. We'll get to the races. Robbie Courtney, uh, great viewer of the show. We got to meet a lot of people too, guys out there. Uh, fans of the show maybe some people are gonna be on here right now we'll 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 mention them but robbie courtney what's up terry frank good evening 60 minutes will air a seven horse racing reform in the wake of the doping stand Ooh, yeah there, there's an high so there's some issues we'll we'll talk about all that we have c money here uh time to play thanks c money tanner hawkins thanks for joining the show what's up gentlemen racing downwind i.e dave duncan what's up let's do this uh, we got the usual but Smogington is here with like every emoji humanly possible. Wonderful. Uh, what else here? Stephen Gruden here. Congrats, HHH gang. Always a winning ticket. Uh, appreciate it. Made Michael Austin. Michael Austin. It has to be Michael Austin, Pete, out there. Had a suit that probably cost more than the plane that I was riding on <laughs> out to uh, out to San Anita. But uh, Mike, it was great to uh, meet you. Fantastic guy. Well, I think Mike didn't Mike didn't Mike wasn't he buying like he probably bought like Goodnight Olive or something at the he, he was buying everything. At the, I think he was just blowing money at the sale the other day. It's for six like, million, Pete. Yeah, we probably. got some Penn, I met Penn State Scott in person. Yeah. It doesn't get flash. any better than that. You guys yeah. did also absolute pleasure to meet Howard, Paul, Kyle, oh, Matt, 
look for Charlie. We figured he was meeting a hardball. Wow, you're saying photos. Great effort, Paul in the DC. Wait a minute, what about what about my effort in the DC DC pen? I mean, your effort ended in zero, no matter how interesting well, it was. No. Paul actually ended with some money. That's all right. That's all right. I I'll take my chances. Um, anyway, we've met a lot of people out there as well. Met some fans. It was really uh pretty cool. We got Nick Feldman is also listening but driving. Anyway, guys, uh, a lot of things to get to. I uh, met a lot of people. It was great. Let's get, here's what we're going to do for everyone. We, I have, I, I want to go through things very, very, oh, there we go. Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Appreciate that. I thought, it, listen, I was seventh with two races to go out of 587. I, that's pretty good. That didn't end up well, but you know, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll fall on my sword later. Don't worry about that. Um, Guys, we have 14 races, and obviously we're not going to talk very long. Some races we'll just give a quick shout-out to. Other races we're going to show replays. I got some stats. And everyone on the screen at one point or another predicted the winner in these races or did very well in predicting the winner. So what we're going to do, guys, is go through the races quickly. I'll show some replays. And then at the end, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget Jim Miller. From Hawthorne Racecourse is going to make a surprise. Well, it's not a surprise. I just said it. He's going to make an appearance at the end of the show, guys, because the Hawthorne contest is coming up, guys, in two weeks where you, there are 10 spots available to the NHC. Yours truly will try to get a second spot. Kyle's going to try to get his first spot. Uh, Matt Miller, I'm sure, will be there to try to get his, uh, I think, second spot or just try to win the damn thing because, you know, that's Matt Miller. And try, actually, if you win it, whether you qualify for not guys, you are alive to a million dollar bonus if you win the NHC. So there's a little carrot out there. But uh, by the way, no, a nice hat. Appreciate Thank that. You. <laughs> uh, Pete, your hat is coming, as you know. All right, guys. Uh, the, Patrick's got his hat in the back. Charlie just doesn't care about Charlie. Oh, oh, I got it right here. I got it right next to me on the desk. All right. All right, guys. Let's get into the races. Again, we're going to go and. Order of the races again. Some things will be quick. I might not have time for all you guys to make a comment. Sorry, but we're just going to try to go things through things quickly. Let's go to the first race of the day. This is the big one, really, for all of us with the juvenile uh, turf sprint. Pete, I'll let you talk first. Uh, big abs. There's a bunch of you guys that had uh, big abs on the power picks. Uh, Paul. Let's see who else. Charlie and Noah all picked. Big abs, of course, shards finished a really good uh, fifth. So, Pete, let me go to you. I'm going to show the stretch run. Shards is in orange. Of course, we have partial ownership of shards, or almost everyone. Uh, you and I have partnership along with Kyle on this screen. We're just going to jump right to the stretch here if we can. And shards is in purple here. Big abs about to take the lead. Yeah, Big Evs was super impressive. I mean, sitting off what was a, a really fast pace. I mean, you could see up there the quarter and 20, the, I think the half and 43 or whatever it was. And then, yeah, you could see Shards trying to Just make a move. A Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there was a there was a potential money at least in the money finish right there. If 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 the trip, if maybe just got a straight shot. I think not getting a straight shot. I didn't particularly I didn't wasn't sure about the ride. It was a little bit tentative, I thought. Nothing nothing too egregious, but I thought he ran great. But Big Evs, just to talk about the winner, Big Evs was phenomenal just sitting off that pace like that and just pretty much dusting the field once once he cleared. I don't know if you guys have seen the head on, but it's worth seeing. Shards is gonna be in orange. It's he's right here. Now 
this horse right here, I think, hurt us a lot, Pete, because we couldn't get to the outside here. This horse yep. on our flank. But the horse that really hurt us was actually, because I watched it several times, No Name Mets, who's right here, sort of comes over in, in our path. You'll see here. So you see right here, there, there, there was a spot. But then he, right, okay, right here. If he can split here, guys, he's got a shot. But watch No Name Mets sort of come down. See right there? So it closed the hole a little bit. I think that's what really cost shards maybe, you know, a length or two at most. And then he came on too late, but big abs was really fast. And, you know, Charlie, no, you guys predicted this horse on top. Uh, he, he's, he's a real nice Euro, obviously, Charlie. Yeah, no big abs. I, uh, yeah, I'd written down when I was doing my little recap of my own of the races just proved to me in my eyes more so much the best than the, uh, you know, than the distance between first and second indicated uh, kind of because of like what Pete had sort of touched on, you know, the pace was very hot um crimson advocate got right after it early on shout out to uh i'm gonna little give a little crap here to kyle roscoe who was saying that those golf shoe numbers weren't accurate and crimson advocate wouldn't be that fast because to me that horse with those fractions looked pretty fast to me uh so you know no and i were talking a lot about that beforehand uh but yeah so you know those two go right after it you know we didn't know how big evs would do sitting right off the pace you know not just getting that easy lead that maybe some anticipated but for that horse we would have fly by and still you know show Big F showing plenty in the tank was very impressive to me. And I think you're right with shards. You know, you kind of look in the replay and the horse kind of got blocked off twice by no name Mets. And then whoever was to the inside, because then once it looked like the jockey tried to navigate around, no name Mets gets cut off again. I certainly think shards could have gotten up for at least third. I think those top two may have gotten away, but yeah, it was just an incredible effort from big Evs. I was very impressed. And uh, yeah, you know, I think that there were a lot of questions because these sprints can be so unpredictable and big Evs ended up just proving why the horse was the favorite and deservedly so. And Noah, how about one, two, three for the Euros in a turf sprint? I mean, the Euros were just unbelievable on the weekend. Doesn't surprise me or most people, really. Yeah, I was just going to mention that, you know, we've mentioned that, you know, turf sprints aren't necessarily the Euros forte, and then they go ahead and run one, two, three against us. Um, <laughs> but we should have known that it was going to kind of be a preview for the rest of the turf races over the next two days. Well. <laughs> Listen, the, the Euros, I mean, I almost won every damn thing, except uh, there, we're a race that we're going to talk about coming up there. Patrick uh, had, had a fantastic prediction with a Chad Brown run who somehow got off at a price. Let's go to the next race, guys. The next race uh, was the Juvenile Phillies. And I told myself in the contest, and we'll talk about this later in the show, because I will go through my BCBC journey very briefly, that I was not going to get cave rocked this year in the BCBC. Sure enough, Tamra... Uh, Noah, you and I talked about this horse a lot with your father. Um, look, he, she was an absolute monster on paper, but she had a little bit of an issue during the race, apparently. And, um, you know, just FYI, with a great call uh, by Paul Halloran, actually, had this horse first. And, Pete, I'll give you a little credit because you had just FYI second. I mean, she never looked like a loser the entire race. It almost like the roles were reversed. She just tracked and won and uh, Patrick, I'll let you talk about this race too, but $16, Pete, for people like just FYI. Yeah, our, our guy Made in Focus in, is in the chat, I think. That's that's his horse. He's been following that horse since yep, sure <clears throat> excuse me, since her debut, and I, I had better every time. So I was kind of happy I had her in the pick five, so I was I was pretty happy it wound up not hitting. But, yeah, she looked great, and, and <clears throat> Tamara was just tough. I mean, you don't know if the – <clears throat> oh, apologies. You don't know if I kiss it came out. What did she have? I think a, a fracture in her leg or I forget what the exact injury was. So she came back with something. She hadn't been training well, apparently leading up. So 
everything sort of looked and sounded like it was a potential day to beat the favorite. And this was one of the best ones to do it. And if you can come up with just FYI, more power to you. Yeah. And Noah, by the way, you had Jody's pride in second. I know Matt Bernier uh, liked that horse as well. Patrick, you had just FYI third. Uh, Patrick, going forward, I mean, just FYI, looks like she could be a real nice runner. I would, and Candide also ran well for third, but to me, I still want Tamara going forward. That's just my opinion, Patrick. Yeah, I agree. I I was all over Tamara, as you know, you could look at the uh, the power picks. Um, you know, and I felt, you know what, now that the issue, we, we found out there was an issue with Tamara, um, I felt like Mike Smith rode her like she was the best horse in the race too, getting out to the lead. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, just FYI and junior, I mean, that was, that horse just ran gigantic, sat off, sat off of her and just, you know, ran right by her. It was impressive. Did she got a 79 buyer guys? I, I don't know. I, I think Candide's going to be better when she gets older guys. She's hanging on her left lead again, just like we saw Noah at, at Keeneland. But I think she's got some potential. I'm going to throw a little credit to myself for life talk who finished a really good fourth at 21 to one, it was wide the whole way for, uh, for Pletcher. I think life talks got a nice future as well, but anyway, guys, the story of course was Tamara really in general, uh, just not getting the job done at, let me see the odds. Tamara was, was 80 cents to the dollar. So, uh, wow. That four to five just didn't get the job done guys. Uh, let's go on to the next race on Friday, which was the uh, breeders cup juvenile, Philly turf. And I thought this was quite the loaded race. I got a little shout out to my boy, Patrick Kunzel, who on our power picks guys picked hard to justify at nine to one. Let me just show the, uh, the, yep. I want to show the mutuals there, Patrick, how the hell did this horse get off at nine to one for Chad Brown? I don't know. And you know, he's what five for 10, um, five for 10, the last 10 of these races, uh, this juvenile Phillies turf, um, Flavian Pratt, what a ride. I mean, from the 12 hole, getting out of the gate, you know, he did not, you know, he wasn't scared to put this horse out early um, and tuck in um, from the outside. That's the key, Patrick, right? You're, you're out there. You either have to go or you have to sit. And he found a way to use uh, her natural speed. And if you're a fan of hard to justify, I mean, let the 13 clear. Right here, I mean, you've got to be stacked. It doesn't get any better for hard to justify in this race right there. No, not at all. And, what you know, once they – once, you know, Flavian found that spot for her, um, this horse just, you know – you know, the fractures were quick too, and this horse was on or near the lead. So, you know, I was a little nervous. But, you know, when they got into the stretch, this horse had – you know, was in between horses. She could have gotten scared. You know, it it was it was a really, really fun race. And I, you know, I just, I, I just thought that the way this horse held on, because you know, th- there were people come, there were uh, Phillies coming late. It was, it was a, a really great, great race. It was a huge effort. I want to say a few things. First of all, this, this train. Did you guys see this? This train, content. This was one of the O'Briens. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put us on screen a little bit, guys, because I did some deep diving after the fact. Content, who I didn't love, but Aiden, we knew was a little bit of a closer. Even Aiden thought was up against it. Guys, she came home in 22 seconds. 22 seconds for a two-year-old. I know it's Santa Anita, but oh my goodness. And the gallop out was insane. Pete, this was Carla's way that I really liked a lot that was just wide. I don't know your thoughts on Carla's way as I look at the 
power picks, uh, Pete. But Damian was, Lane, <laughs> yeah, I was sort of against team. Carla's way. Yeah, I was I was against yeah. Carla's way. I didn't. Okay, Davy Lane. I, I, I thought she got a she tough trip, like, right? She didn't get the best trip. I don't, no, I don't know not if great. She was a little wide and goofy. Yeah. She was a little yeah. wide and goofy. She feels pretty, Pete. Who you had on top was was right here and really ran a winning race. She was wide the whole way. I think you could argue make the argument she was actually the she ran the best race actually. I I think so. I think yeah there was no disgrace in her and I would definitely be looking at her come next year because yeah she was she was wide on both turns and she still hung and I thought for a second she might have had a shot but she just ran out of gas a little bit. I think just the extra the extra travel the extra distance she traveled probably just got to her late. And Porta Fortuna, who my yeah. man O.C. Murphy, who I love, that horse just was trying to weave weave her way through, and and I thought it was a pretty good ride, and just got stuck and hung up a little bit, or she could have had a shot. Yeah, it was a great race all around. Great race. I, I my gut feeling the buyer came back about the same. By the way, for the juvenile Phillies turf and the male turf, but guys, I just have a just gut feeling. I think the Phillies turf was loaded, and there's a lot of really nice horses coming out of that race. Uh, speaking of nice horses, guys. Uh, the juvenile, the juvenile, Th- this race is a great example, especially for anyone out there. That's a younger handicapper or has been doing this very long. And our guys on the bottom of the screen and all the way there to my, uh, to my right are, are younger handicappers, but they're very experienced handicappers. Again, with two-year-olds, it's a yin-yang game. You never know. And fierceness was exactly the ex- example of that guys, there's a lot of horses that really were, were, much more well meant in this particular race than fiercest. And somehow Pletcher Rapoli gets off and wins at $35, which is really amazing. It's went to the lead. I know a bunch of you guys had Muth. Uh, let's talk about that. Noah, since you're a California guy, the California horses uh, at the breeders cup, get this guys in the money two for 32, 32 California based horses, only two, we're in the money. Mooth was one of them. You guys know the other? What California mm, I should know too. Uh oh, I'm putting put it in the I chat, guys. What, what California base horse finished in the money the whole weekend other than Mooth? Put it in the chat if you know. Was it I think it was Saturday. I think Gold Phoenix finished fourth. Oh no, it was Cody's wish. Uh Oh, National Stafford. Treasure. National, National Treasure. Treasure is the only other West good, good call, Patrick. <laughs> the only other Cali horse. We, we'll talk about that down the road. No, I know you liked Muth. I believe you had Muth on top, right? Yeah, Noah, mm-hmm. Charlie, or sorry, Patrick, you guys had Muth. So did Kyle. Um, so did Paul. It just wasn't good enough. I mean, Fiercest ran a hole in the wind, Noah. What are you going to say? Yeah, I, I going around the turn, I, I thought Muth, you know, had a legit shot, and, and Fiercest just, you know, opened up. Like I, I've never seen before. I mean, he, he ran like he should have been one point six to one instead of sixteen to one. Um, you know, he he continued to open up and you know, Muth and Locked kind of ran their races. You know, Muth was you know just sitting off and and Locked uh, had a little trouble. You know, down the backside and I, I, I yeah. you know I love this horse. I'll let you continue. He was just too far down back. Yeah, it looked like the jock was was trying to get after him pretty early and kind of get him into it. Uh, but he came running late. Uh, you know, give credit to him. But I mean, fiercest was just really good. Let me ask you a question right here, Noah. What were you thinking? I thought Muth had a chance to go by. <laughs> I mean, I thought so too. But I mean, he just. I don't think Muth wants to go this far, guys. And here's Locked way back here, who just was way too far back. It was my top choice. I have no regrets. He was just too far back. Made a really nice run for third. 
Um, but again, was was just too far back. And I think he's got a, a, a nice stride on fierceness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just, I mean, who knows, guys, what's going to happen. But I mean, he just destroyed this field. And he got a huge buyer, too, I believe, a 90, or was it 105? No, I mean, 105. Yeah, 105. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, wow. So, you know, again, he, he was horrible, Pete, um, in his previous start. But not all muddy tracks are the same. They're two-year-olds. I mean... These horses just bounce up and down uh, when they're two. We've talked about this many times. Yeah, it was sort of boggy. <clears throat> I think it was a, it was completely different. So you looked at it and went, well, how can a horse run and win by 11 on a muddy track and then get killed on a, on a sloppy track? And you just don't know. But if you looked at it in terms of, hey, maybe that was just a scratch-out race. I think broke – didn't he break bad out of the gate, too, in that race? Yes. Or something happened on the break, right? So if you take all that into account and you just say, hey, was that just a line-through-it kind of race? That's how you could get to fear. I, mean, I was pissed because I had fierceness as a B, but I didn't have him on the ticket. So this actually cost me the pick five, but I was, oh. it was sitting on as a B. And I was like, man, if I could have just, if I would have just had a little more confidence off that last clunker, then I would have had a, that would have been a nice score. Timberlake was real disappointing, guys. Prince of Monaco was sort of dead on the board, Patrick. When I saw that, I'm like, ooh, this is not good. And I was worried about distance anyway. Um, Any, you know, Prince of Monaco probably just, I should maybe sprinting Patrick down the road or, or what's your, what's your gut feeling with him? Yeah, it's got, it's gotta be sprinting. Um, and that, that was my whole thinking too, was, you know, if this horse can go, it'll set up for Muth. Um, I, I just, you know, these California horses just threw up a dud and I do agree Howard. I think Prince of Monaco will get back to sprinting. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. And, and, uh, you are locked also, Charlie. I, I think this is a nice horse. This is Gunrunner, uh, Malibu Moon. I don't know where they're going to go. I'm guessing they could very well go to Florida. I'm going to keep my eye on locked, Charlie. Uh, you know I've been betting some Kentucky Futures recently, two years ago. Didn't quite work out with the command performance. Last year, I would say it worked out. I had the second choice in the damn derby. I know Tap Choice didn't win, but I was very proud of that pick. Uh, if lock goes down to Florida, Charlie, I think we need to keep an eye on this one for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is a horse where we, when we get down that derby trail later on, this is a horse I'm going to be paying attention to the whole time. Um, I covered this race. I was on Locked. Uh, you know, you can kind of see, obviously, Fierceness stole the show, but you see Locked was absolutely flying late, nearly got up for second. And I think a big problem was, quite honestly, I just don't think you and I expected the pace to be quite that slow, and I don't think we expected Locked to be quite that far back. I know uh, when we had talked about it beforehand, when I had written about it in the power picks, I kind of indicated Locked would be back, but would probably be sitting in a stalking trip, maybe, you know, three lengths or so off the lead, but instead was all the way in the back, had way too much to do. And again, unless they're flying, if you're that far back, neither of those things kind of match up well. And I think what was interesting with Fierceness, because we on the Button and Booze and Show had covered the champagne, um, and I was actually all over Fierceness in that race, obviously dropped a dud, is for me, I think the question kind of was not just the service, but going from six furlongs to a mile was, was the horse going to be able to handle the out of distance? And I think that was one of the big questions was, was it the surface? Was it the distance? And now we kind of know maybe it was just a bad race where the horse didn't like the surface because clearly the distance didn't turn out to be the problem. Uh, and as much as Locked was closing and we can make excuses about, you know, sitting too far back and the pace not being good enough, I think certainly Locked could have beaten Muth that day, who I think had no excuses. And like Noah, I thought that horse was going to go right by off the turn. Uh, but I think no matter what trip Locked got, quite honestly, with how impressive Fierceness is with that 105, I don't think anybody was beating Fierceness on that day. 
Yeah, and Pete, I'm going to move on, but we've seen a lot of bad juveniles in terms of what they do going forward. I got a feeling this was a decent juvenile. I like Locked. I like Fierceness. I think Timberlake and maybe Prince Amano could be crack sprinters. I just I think this was a, a pretty good group in general, Pete. Yeah, I think we kind of thought we talked about that a little bit going in where it just didn't look like a, a one. It turned out to be a one horse show, but on paper beforehand, it actually looked competitive, whereas sometimes the juvenile is sort of a you just look at the chalk and, and that's the, the runaway winner. But yeah, no, I, I think this was a good race. And, and yeah, it may not be all on the Derby trail. It may be like whoever it was that who said the Woody Stevens, I think Jeff Amster, yeah. you know, we could have some of these horses that once they they'll get Derby fever, then they'll come off the Derby trail and then they'll do what they want to do. And you might see some, some quality horses. No question. Uh, I'm just going to briefly talk about the juvenile turf, which I was won by O'Brien again. And I want to shout out to know who this was your, actually your best bet of the Friday. What was it about unquestionable? No, was it just you, you know, just a Euro and aided and just, you got a dream trip. What a great ride, by the way, by Ryan Moore in the uh, juvenile turf. Yeah. Ryan Moore had, had a couple rides that were, oh. you know, they were <laughs> insane. Um, but yeah, I, you know, based off of what I had seen uh, with his last couple races, um, I kind of like the fact that river Tiber was also going to be in the race. And I thought I was going to get a better price because that's where Ryan Moore originally went. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately there was a scratch and he went on a fet three to two. Um, but you know, I, I found other ways to make value out of that as we'll, you know, point to later in the, in the Saturday card. Yeah. It was, uh, again, Aiden wins the, wins the juvenile turf and the turf, which of course I, I, I'll talk about that race. Cause that was my like play of the weekend. I won't say play of the year. Cause last time the play of the year, it didn't quite work out too well for me at Kentucky downs, but I don't know. I've forgotten the horse now. But anyway, uh, guys, let's go on to Saturday. And it started with an emotional, incredible win by this horse, Cody's wish that bring up the PPs. I mean, what are you going to say guys? Cody's wish wins at four to five. I did not have a dime in this race. Paul Howard did not have a dime on this race. Almost all of us, had Cody's wish on top. I tried to get cheeky with a really bad opinion that I said might be a bad opinion. I'm glad it was a bad opinion with charge. I mean, Pete, I'm going to let you talk. What an unbelievable effort with national treasure, really getting the lead. I'm just going to show a bunch of the race here. Cause we're not going to show too many of the uh, replays of a lot of these races from Saturday, but what I really appreciate here was Cody had to make a middle move, Pete. I mean, National Treasure got loose. I don't know where Zozos is still running. I don't understand what the hell that was about. But Cody's wish had to make this middle move. And if Junior doesn't save ground right here, Pete, I'm not sure he wins this thing. No, Junior was, I mean, Junior was pretty much fantastic the whole weekend. And yeah, I thought for a second, I was like, man, I don't, I don't like the move that he's making because I felt like it might take the sting out of Cody's wish. And, and maybe it actually did a little because, you know, we don't think that highly of National Treasure, even though he ran a bang up race, but they battled down the lane and you, you knew you knew just from hopefully from a karmic standpoint that he was going to get the head bob and then also was going to get they would have burned Santa Anita down if you took that horse down for a Baffert. So especially so I, I you figure everything went right. But I thought Junior was great. He made the right move. He saved all the ground and, and Cody had just enough left to to sort of get by what what was a game national treasure who most people think is is a dog but actually got the lead like he's supposed to whereas in some of those more recent races you're like why is this horse not going to the lead he has no other chance to win a race otherwise i mean this is a picture tell a thousand words guys i mean unbelievable 
And Patrick, you were in the winner's circle, which is a whole crazy story. I think everyone on the screen, it was just you, right? I've had people yeah, well, here tonight. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm going to oh, thank. Oh, poor Bob. What a shame. <laughs> I'm going to thank uh, Matt Miller for that one. I mean, it was just incredible. We were, you know, we were in the paddock and then, you know, we went around to catch the race and the other seats that we had and it was kind of right next to the winner's circle. And as soon, as soon as Cody won, you know, it was just follow the leader and we just all followed Matt. And it, I mean, it was just insane. It felt like forever that inquiry. Um, but oh. at the end of the day, it was, you know, Cody on top, which was fantastic. No, it's great. Real quick. Um, and I, I, mean, I don't know if anyone, any of you feel free to comment. Cause I'm going to go right to where, the inquiry was, I timed it out, guys. Give me a second here as I fast forward. Any thoughts from, well, actually, that's not going to be it for some reason. Okay, forget it. This is the head-on. This is not what I wanted to. Oh, you know, it's actually the standard. I wanted to go back to the standard. Sorry about that, guys. Was there any thought from any of you that he was going to come down at all? I'm going to show you the replay, the inquiry replay. Anyone want to comment here? National Treasure. I, I was watching on TV, so I saw the replay a bunch of times live. I didn't even understand what the inquiry was about. But you know me. Right. When, every time we have these discussions, I, I think more old school where some of this bumping is incidental, and I didn't understand any of it. I didn't even know what took so long. Yeah, I was slightly <laughs> nervous with this bump coming up at the end, but then National Treasure came back and bumped. I mean, uh, Charlie, Noah, any concern that this horse was going to come down in your eyes? No, I, I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. sorry. Uh, no, I, I saw that or at the top of the stretch, Pratt came over quite a bit just to, you know, let uh, national yeah. treasure get a look at him. Um, but then after that, I, I think they were just kind of leaning on each other. Yeah. I, the whole, the all hell would have breaking loose if that, what are they going to Sorry, Cody, you gotta leave the winner's circle. You got taken down. That shit ain't happening, <laughs> but you know, even so it, it would have been, not only would have been a horrible story, it would have just been the wrong decision. I think we can all just uh, agree on that, guys. And National Treasure obviously wants the lead. Where was that in the, uh, uh, you know, in a bunch Travers of in, in the, I mean, yeah. in the um, why am I drawing, in the Travers. The Travers. Like, I don't, yep. I mean, you, uh, Pete, you had, uh, did you have National Treasure on top of that race? I'm trying to remember. No, I did not. But you, we, okay. I think when we talked about it, we Ray talked about National, boy, yeah, sorry. we would talk about na National Treasure would have been part of the, of the speed. Yeah. And then we were like, what the hell was this horse doing? The only thing about this race, which was odd is it was such a, it was relatively weak field. Nobody really ran well, except the top two and yeah, Skippy Longstocking was okay. But you wondered if Cody would have beat a good field. Luckily he got the job done, yeah. but we had all questioned him as aside from the story of vulnerable favorite. And maybe he was, it's just the horses that were in there. Didn't couldn't take advantage of it. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 a fair question. Let's move on, guys. Uh, again, we could talk about these races forever. In Spiral. This started, by the way, my BCBC run, boys. Um, I only used two horses. I used doubles with – we'll get to my BCBs. But I used uh, Warm Heart and In Spiral. This close. Oh, my goodness. I'm just looking. I had In Spiral on top. Um, Paul did. Kyle, who is not here to defend himself, did. You, you guys had warm heart, and, and Pete, of course. You, Pete. Let's talk about an Italian real quick. I mean, he had a weird year. He, or she, she. Oh boy, oh boy. She had a weird year. Have a, have a drink, dude. Have a drink, boy. She had a weird year, Pete. I thought she ran well, like every single race. She just didn't win a lot, other than earlier in the year. 
she ran well in this race. I but mean, we talked even even I gave it up on the last one when we were doing the predictions. Was I just didn't think she was she just wasn't as sharp because she normally would kick away from these fields. And last year she got run down by Tuesday, who I liked on top actually. And this time. You could see she got beat by better horses, but she just doesn't have the sting in the stretch anymore. And I mean, that just comes with she ran a lot of she danced every dance. She ran a lot of races and and she performed great at all distances, all tracks. So she she doesn't owe anybody anything, but you could just tell she just didn't have it as much because there's no way she would have faded as bad to fifth. Normally, she might have got beat by those horses, but she wouldn't have faded to fifth if she was the old her. I want to throw a shout out, guys, as I just as I go to the stretch to Davy Lane, who absolutely crushed this race. He said it was a two horse race. I know they were mainly the favorites, but still, a lot of people were worried about. Here's in spiral with a complete hammerlock with Frankie, who kept this horse covered up. Guys, this finish is just insane, and I'm just gonna let it go through. I I wasn't sure who was gonna win. Warm Heart, by the way, another perfect ride, and it took it her it took in spiral a second to sort of level out. Once she leveled out, guys, I mean, and watch the gallop out. I don't know if you guys saw the gallop out. Just watch this gallop out. I'm just going to be quiet. You guys, just insane. Okay, she wins. What? I mean, guys, this is, I mean, she's got six lengths of the field here. Again, this is the, this is the visual handicapping that I appreciate a lot, guys. And in Spiral... Get this, Pete. I talked to a few guys before the show. Inspiral came home in 21.97 for a final quarter going a mile and a quarter. I understand it's Fern Turf. That is rolling, Patrick. I mean, again, these zeros turn a foot. We can't match them. We just can't match them. No, not at all. And, you know, I was on uh, in Italian in that race. Now, I, I was not confident at all uh, coming into the stretch. Um, but that that was just ultra impressive, and I I would, did not have a good pulse on that race at all. So I'll hand it off to one of you guys that actually did. <laughs> well, I, you know, again, we're going to move on. But you know, I talked to David. You like to turn back with warm heart? Do you like to stretch out? I was worried about the stretch out guys, and David said, you know what, Frankie's just going to cover her up and let her explode at the right time. It's not like these connections don't know what they're doing, guys. So you know, would have in Italian been better in the mile? I don't know. That was a fast pace too, Pete. So. It's really yeah. hard to say, but in Italian, really, I, I think she ran credible, but it, this was just too much for her. I just think too. There, I just think I just think their jockeys ride their. It, the horses come over are better in a lot of cases, but I think the jockeys ride them better as well. And I think they're aggre- they're patient and aggressive at the same time. Where and they don't get their horses. They don't worry about hey, I'm going to swing this horse a little wide. They just get their horses in the clear and give them straight runs. They don't fool around as much with oh, I need to save ground and I'm going to try and weave through. They're aggressive. They say screw it. I'm getting to the outside. My horse is going to kick late and I'm going to get clear run and i'm going to pass these horses and i wish our jockeys did that a little bit more yeah it's also easy to be patient when you know you can close 21 97 no of course it does but i mean <laughs> but it, I yeah you. of they, course they, you know, but they teach them to cover up right PM. That's they give them the they give them the them. chance to win too that, that's what i like I, they, ours are just our jockeys sometimes just aren't as aggressive and i don't know it pissed me off more than anything else like why don't our guys ride like this sometimes in regular races 
I will say, Pete, and all of us guys, we complain how some of these Euro jockeys are like too far back when they come to these American races. I saw a lot more aggressiveness. I think they know that Santa Anita and they got it. They can't be too far back and they've learned their lesson, guys, because these Euros in general are just not too far back. If they don't win, it's just because they're not good enough, not because they don't break from the gate. All these things that, you know, Pete and I have been watching the Breeders' Cup for a long time. You know, you always see Euros breaking slow and coming. Kind of, that doesn't happen anymore. So they, they've learned, they've taken cues from the American trainers in that respect. Guys, we're not going to talk too much about Goodnight Olive. I'll just go ahead and show she's really good. Anyone have $6 million to our $6 million we can buy this horse off of, uh, you know, off of uh, who, who, who bought the horse? I can't, was it Chad again? Not Chad didn't buy it, but he, I forget who bought it, but yeah, they're coming back. She's coming back, yeah, though, she's right? She's coming back for a three feet. She was yep. awesome, guys. There's really not much to say. It was, it was a weak race. I was trying to beat Society in second. I played, um, minimum i play a minimum the bcbc guys and i was right about society i was wrong about yuguri but it was i mean this was this was a bad previous cup distaff i hate to say a philly mare sprint excuse me but society society made no sense society's supposed to just gun to the lead and try and go as far as she can as soon as that didn't happen i because i had i mean i had both so i didn't care but as soon as i saw society not get on the lead i'm like what are you she's done that's you could you could toss her out of the race yeah, good night, Alf. Got an absolute. I think Patrick. I think it was no, no. I think you were at the table with me, and I, and I think your dad said, "What do you want to see happen?" I said, "Good night, Alf. Just sit by and like some speed, and just go by." It just it couldn't <laughs> work. I mean, it's not a brilliant opinion. She was even money, but I mean, no, she was spectacular, and she'll probably be good again next year. I'm curious to see if some of these three year olds know I can step up though, uh, you know, and, and and make these older Philly mares work in these sprint races. Yeah, I. When I watched the race, I, I never thought she was a loser at any point. Uh, she looked, no. you know, relaxed. She was sitting in the perfect spot. Um, that was a race I covered on the power picks. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but I had it pretty well. I had her on top, and I had you Guri underneath the exacto. So. Uh, you I guess did. you didn't did expect I, that 26 to 1, huh, No. Yeah, no, I, that I did not. God, that's crazy. Uh, you did, yes. Uh, no, actually, I, I have you with Society for a second. Am I, am I wrong about that on the power picks? But anyway, that's okay. No worries. We it the details. No worry about it. Okay. Anyway, that was a typo, I assume, on your part. We'll, we'll, yeah, exactly. we'll blame you, not not Noah. Okay, that's fine. We'll we'll blame it on me. Uh, guys, master of the seas, Noah. Man, th- this one hurt for the, our pick six. Although we did hit the pick six, the group pick six. Um, master of the seas, I believe, was your top choice. Was that your best bet? Let me. I don't think so. No. There was. It was your top choice. Great call from the 14 hole in a very exciting mile. If you had Mouge beat like I had a little bit, and uh, that that was a brutal beat. But Noah, Master sees with the 14 hole saves the ground and comes over the top. Super impressive. Yeah, when I was watching the race live, um, I was a little concerned that he was going to be a little too far back. Um, but he he proved me wrong. Um, you know, Buick was you know sitting second, third, last. Uh, going into the back stretch, he was able to, you know, uh, tuck in as much as he could uh, the first time. And then he he's not even in the picture right now. Nope. <laughs> he uh, swung super wide. Um, and when we were there, you could tell that the outside was definitely not as good as the inside of the turf. Uh, so to me, yeah. that was probably the most impressive close in terms of somebody on the turf. Yeah, and Mauge ran a huge race, though. She got a perfect trip. And here's your boy, Casa Creed, Pete. Just fires every single time. He sort of did what I thought, which is run well, but not good enough. But, I mean, that was a, that was a good pick on your choice on your part, Pete. He just 
He just wasn't running down Annapolis. I mean, he got a pretty good trip. I don't think you could complain. He ran his heart out, though. No, I thought for about two seconds when they hit the lane that I was like, oh, man, he's going by. And then <laughs> he he just hung just a little bit, and they were too strong. But, you know, I'm, I was happy with him. I had the tie. I was in the, the only thing I think I played in this race was a pick five, maybe, and in and, and the pick five, and I had the top six. So I was pretty comfortable just watching the end, like – but I had, uh, I know I didn't have master of the seas in the all turf. So I was a little pissed that mods didn't hold from just from that perspective. So and I thought G Romantica ran really well too. Yeah. Uh, we like that horse. Charlie, yep. I'm sorry, Pete. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Patrick and Char, did you guys bet anything in this race? And how did this uh, more than looks actually ran well? Sawline did not get a good trip, by the way, guys. It was wide and just didn't get a good race. Charlie and Patrick, any quick thoughts from either one of you on this one? Yeah, yeah I mean, I for had... this race. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Patrick. I had uh, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying it correct. Mouge, Mouge. Yeah. Uh, me and Paul were sitting next to each other, and oh. Paul had Mouge in you know in, in the tournament, and it was it was pretty brutal. Um, you know, if if it wasn't for White Abario, my day would have been really really bad. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, listen, it happens. Uh, but that was just that was a really awesome race. Yeah, and Mouge ran it. I mean, she ran huge coming back from three weeks, guys. And that would have been, for our pick six, by the way, that would have been unbelievable. Probably cost the pick six players who joined our um, syndicate like $35,000 because we would have had the pick six another three times um, with Mouge and it would have paid more too. But anyway, spilled milk, moving on. We, we ended up hitting the pick six anyway and um, cashed for – a little bit. Any, any any other thoughts here, Pete? Before we move on with this race? No, Charlie. Do you have anything you were you were going to say something earlier? I didn't know if you had something. Oh yeah, no. This race uh, was a little more unfortunate. Kind of a repeat of the race before with Warm Heart, where I was kind of just like on a few horses, but in terms of what my actual bets are, hurt me because uh, I liked Master of the Season, Casa Creed. I kind of noted that as the horses I liked, you know, underneath, but I was hesitant about the gate. Ended up playing a double from uh, Goodnight Olive into Songline, and then Songline into uh the race after that which i believe i actually ended up winning that race yeah because that was uh idiomatic uh so yeah songline getting that rough trip and just not performing certainly cost you both made the middle part of the day hurt yeah and after you know <laughs> for those of you who know i know it's not one of the main races but i had a rough start to the morning when webslinger lost by a nose that cost me a, a win of 300 dollars. so it was certainly a tough start but as we get into these later races i guess people will get to understand why it turned out to be a profitable weekend so we move on I from this race not a great race for me I thought my BCBC ended rough. How about this guy's from Caesar? All in on Mouch. Oh, oh man. Oh, Sorry, Caesar. That, that blows. Oof. I don't know how much that was, but but oof. That 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 was bad. Guys, the, the this staff, um, there's really not much to say. Idiomatic won. This uh helped me a lot in the BCBC. I played a huge double. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it anyway. Idiomatic helped me. The only thing I'm going to say, and Pete, I'll just let you make the only comment of this race. And we're going to move on. This race was ripe for a closer the way it finished. Cause they finished slow. They did not somehow... come home in 21 power. They didn't, they did not come home in, in 21 and change. No, these horses. Somehow inexplicably, <laughs> yeah. just no one could go by <laughs> idiomatic. It just looked like they were, you know, I thought it was going to be our girl Clarier, but she got a little bit tight. And just it was just a very math finish. I mean, Eomatic had a great year, but but the way this race ended was just sort of ugly. 
Yeah, this was this is we had mentioned on the show. I'm like, man, I'm going to be really pissed at Joel or, or or really happy with Joel, but the way my picks went and in this one, I don't know if Clarier would have won the race, but she's another one that I just want to see her run in a straight line, get her outside, run her straight, let her run, let her try and run horses down. That's her game. But then, I mean, idiomatic, you can't take anything away. It wasn't great. Randomized ran well, but idiomatic. She just wins the races. I mean, whether it's super impressive or not, she keeps on winning. So, I mean, more power to her. Uh, it, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a great race going in. It didn't come out. Wet paint was really oddly terrible, which I know that was a Paul horse. And yeah. I had that horse in there a little bit. And yeah, the closers closed, but they had nothing to close into. So they didn't do much. They, they you see what third, fourth and fifth were sort of the closers we were looking at that we thought could make a move and they didn't. So, yeah, yeah boring race. Move on to the next one. Uh, guys, the highlight of my day was this next race, and I tipped out this horse for for weeks, frankly. Uh, and Aiden, when we had Aiden O'Brien on, uh, this just reconfirmed it for me. Almost everyone on this show uh, that you see on the screen picked Augusto Rodan on top. It's not like he was a long shot, but it was a very difficult race. It was a race that I believe Kyle said was the best race he's ever seen on paper. I'm only chuckling because of his, his youth sort of showed, although it was a very good race. Don't get me wrong. A lot of really good Euros. Pete, you had up to the mark. I got to tip your cap because up to the mark, man, unbelievable. And I will say, Pete, you'll, you'll, this will make you feel a little bit better because the way the BCBC was going and there was some monster, um, uh, there were people that already had huge totals. I had only, I only went too deep in this race. I played a monster double to Augusta Rodan. This was my biggest fist pump cheer of the entire day i think patrick was with me actually uh when he won along with matt miller um and the other one i used was up to the mark i just i i vowed to davy's opinion your opinion other people i just didn't like most of it all for certain reasons i there are other years i didn't like and i had way too much respect for up to the mark and i won't say he almost pulled it off but it was a fantastic race in general as we see the Paid seven dollars up to the mark out of one hundred and five. I'll just show the end, Pete. I mean, what are you going to say? This was this was a fantastic race. But when Augusta Rodin got through on the inside, and I was watching through with binoculars, I yelled out loud. Frankie pushed, or I saw Ryan push the button. Push the button. He did. And it was just a fan, unbelievable ride right here. Well, it's a lot easier to push the button when you just hug the rail the whole race and it opens up beautifully and yep. you have a super talented horse. So everything went perfect. And and again, the, in the turf races, they their jockey, the European jockeys outrode, I think, our jockeys in a sense. I thought up to the mark was great, but up to the mark was wide all the way around was, yeah. was, you know, ran, I, I assume if we had like track is still, then we could see yeah. if I'd be curious to see what the distance run was, but you can't give a horse that's that talented and that high quality, a perfect trip also, and a perfect ride. You're never going to yeah. beat a horse like that. But I was with you by the time the race happened, I was down to just two horses. I was against most of King of steel. I got cold on even Ernesto. I got cold on. So but I, I screwed up and I played up to the mark to win. And I played a straight exact like an idiot instead of just boxing the two. I put a few horses underneath. So I was actually just kind of pissed that I didn't cash big on this race. Also, at least just from an exact standpoint. Charlie, he came home in 22, sub 22 and three. Again, I know he saved ground, but guys, they're going a mile and a half. I mean, it's insane again. And I, the other thing I'll say, if, and I'm not going to have time to watch it. The jock on Shari, our guys, the one. 
if he decided to stay on the inside, that would have been a lot more interesting. But he tipped out just at the right time. Ryan Moore just came through on the inside, guys. Watch the replay. Shari R ran huge. And Pete, Davey mentioned this horse who had a breathing problem, had surgery, and mentioned this horse as an interesting long shot. So anyway, shout out to Davey Lane. Uh, Patrick, Charlie, no, any quick thoughts here? Were you guys invested in this race? Yeah, um, well, I certainly uh, was. I uh, kind of tipped into the next race, which you can kind of see what my caps at the bottom, uh, how I was connected to the next race. But yeah, I played. Um, I played the. I played up to the mark in the Augusta Road down into uh, White Barrio in the last race. I really thought this was a two-horse race. Uh, ended up placing a pretty big exact a box of those two as well, as well as a win bet on the five. Um, and yeah, I really thought it was going to be a tourist race. It kind of looked that way to me, as you mentioned, the one ran on well. I mean, it was really just an excellent trip executed by Ryan Moore. But you also do have to give a shout out to, I can't think of the name of the 12 horse, but really looked like who the Bears need is the new left tackle. Because you want to talk about laying out a perfect <laughs> block to leave the rail wide open. Just completely moved everybody outside. Uh, you know, King of Steel, I know Balladier. Wasn't, Balladier. Balladier, that's who it was. Yeah. Uh, King of Steel, I thought, honestly, didn't run that bad, uh, especially considering how quick of a turnaround just I think it was a little too much to ask too soon. Yeah. And I will say, I know the effort wasn't amazing in terms of like, you know, I think the horse finished like fifth or sixth, but I was impressed with Ernesto. This was a horse Noah and I really talked a lot about in the morning as a horse that seemed to just need more distance. It could close well. And unfortunately was, I think, probably the widest horse in the field off the turn and just had to make up too much extra ground, but showed me flying late. And that's also uh, with the nine horse, most stuff. That was also a horse uh, Noah and I kind of touched on where we thought the distance was just wrong uh, for this horse and didn't like the value at all and really just didn't see the horse firing, which kind of came to fruition. Uh, but all the credit in the world up to the mark. I know we all kind of talked about it. this was sort of like a Euros versus up to the mark representing the U.S. And we didn't really know, especially with how dominant the Euros have been, would any U.S. horse even be competitive in such a dominated Euro race? And up to the mark ran still an incredible second in that race, in my opinion. He did. And no, this was your best bet also, Augusta Rodin. I mean, uh, again, uh, you have to take some stances in these races and the ride was spectacular. And uh, I don't know why you felt like this was your best bet other than, of course, my best bet. So you got to follow the smart you know, people on the show. But uh, was, was there a reason why you just felt like this was your best bet of the day? Yeah, I, I just had a feeling that I was going to get, you know, a decent amount of value with, with just how loaded the field was. Um, yeah, I will say uh, from my vantage point, there was a lot of weight on Ryan Moore's sh shoulders. Uh, because I had Augusta in the turf double. I had him in the turf pick four. I had him in the regular pick four and I had a big pressed up pick three into him. So I well, was, let's say I was very glad that he got the job done. Well, if you think you were glad when I tell you my BCPC run, you'll, I've got about uh, 25,000 reasons why I was glad when Augusta <laughs> Rodan won, but I hear you, my friend, that was a great call for, for you and, Fortunately, worked out for me as well, so that was great. By the way, Guys. no uh, Gold Phoenix for the West Coast. He ran, he ran yes. huge. He, he's just not he good did. enough. But did you see? I don't know if anybody saw the replay. They the, the I owners, did. I guess, Cotch, they were super yeah. pumped just getting just getting for it. There was yeah, they were they were so pumped. It was so exciting to watch them just cheer to yeah. have a horse just run that well in a race like in a race with such high quality horses. That was cool. And no more up to the mark, guys. They retired him. So I was hoping maybe we'd see him in the Pegasus. Uh, I didn't get that. Charlie yeah, I didn't Pegasus get that. Day, but no. Uh, that that was disappointing, man. He's, right, he's, right, Charlie? He is done. Oh, yeah. I'm not happy uh, that at all. Guys, let's, we got three more races we got to go through quickly here. Patrick. Patrick, my friend, has been tooting the horn of White Abario all the way all the way back since we were at, at Saratoga and in the Classic, which, let, let's face it, this wasn't the best Classic of all time. 
White Abario, uh, Patrick, which was, I think, I know you were, you were all over him. You loved him. He was the favorite, but he ran really well and he won with a perfect ride by Irad and matched. Uh, let me see the buyer here. Let me get that on the screen. Ran huge again. I mean, a slight regression, but a 106 is just a, a serious racehorse right now for uh, Richard Dutro, who I know you were happy for also. Yeah, I'm really happy for uh, for Rick. You know, th- this horse, he, he had this horse, uh, you know, locked and loaded for the Whitney. And then, you know, ships right out to California. And, you know, this horse doesn't break a stride again. It just gets a dream trip. And it's just the best horse in the race. Um, it, it was just awesome to watch in person. I mean, it, to be able to, you know, have a bet and win on in the Breeders' Cup Classic and be there, this was just incredible. I know Charlie was the same way. You know, we were talking about it. Um, it, it, it from where we were sta- uh, from watching this race, too, we were at the top of the stretch, right, like right about here when, you know, Irad made the move and this horse just opened up. It was it, it was just incredible. And now, uh, I will say, ahead. though, guys, he got, I don't know about leg worry, but Derma did make a little bit of run late. Was there any a little concern, guys, late in stretch when Derma was coming? I wasn't concerned, but uh, I won't speak for Charlie and Noah, hey. but I, I, I wasn't concerned. Right about here, he's like, eh. now, nah, but he dug in, and Proxy's coming late. Um, guys, let me just uh, say this. I was had a monster double with uh, – to Ushba, he was just too far back. I, I he ran fine. He was just too far back. He was the last guys um, on the you know at the at the uh, going into the first turn. I'm like, what you know? I knew I was in trouble at that point. Uh, Pete, thoughts on this race in general, and then we'll move on. Yeah, I'm, I was I I, well, I was on Ushba on top, who I bet to win, but I was basically a two horse race for me, Ushba and White Barrio. The only big bet I had, which sucked, was I had a. This was one of the races where I played a super high five, and I had the first, third, fourth, and fifth legs, and but I had White Barrio and Ushba in second in the second leg. They were the only two I had in the middle, and that would have been a a lovely hit if I would have been smart enough to I didn't have Derma anywhere on the ticket though. So I, I couldn't really be too upset. It still just sucks though. But White Barrio, I think White Barrio put, I mean, he, he put himself in the, at least if nothing else, he should be in the horse of the year, at least conversation for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He should. I don't think he's going to win. He's really, no, he's not going to win, but, but yeah. no, I mean, you know, what's weird guys too, as we move on to the turf sprint real quick is, a lot of these horses are pointing to like Saudi and Dubai. I don't hear a lot of horses, Charlie, point to the Pegasus. I mean, so it's going to be very interesting to see like who goes to the Pegasus uh, late January. I could throw a name out that I think would be a very smart decision would be Arabian Knight. If all these other big, you know, he's got speed. I think that'd be, that would be wise to send him there. I'm not saying he would win, but when you look at your, you know, some Saudi crown, um, uh, white Abario, some of these nice horses are going to be, a point to, to the Middle East. I would, I would, if I were Arabian Knight, I would go to the uh, uh, to the Pegasus in a heartbeat. If I was them, uh, Charlie, this uh, Chicago trainer uh, put me into into the hurt locker in the turf sprint. I mean, no balls again. Who also won on um, Ch- uh, Churchill Downs on Derby Day wins at twenty six dollars with an unbelievable ride coming off the pace, which he almost never did being big evasion. Again, another example why I just hate freaking turf sprints, Charlie. Oh yeah, no, this race was an absolute disaster for me. I uh, was just coming off my best bet, White Abario winning, hit a few doubles, um, was going into the last leg of my uh, 
all dirt pick four, which we can touch on uh, in the next race. So I was feeling really confident, good about myself. And, you know, before I started placing bets for this race, I thought, you know, I do not like these sprint races. I'm a closers guy myself. I think this race is going to hurt me. And sure enough, uh, played big bets on Motorious and Caravel, who honestly, when I was watching that race, I mean, Motorious just didn't run. That was a disaster. But I'll tell you what, when they were coming off that turn, Caravel got a dream trip and really looked to have a chance to kind of prove everybody wrong. And so the horse was back. Uh, and then I will say also, I want to give a shout out to Big Invasion, who was a horse I did actually play in one of, like, I think, for like a, a really small double when I was just looking for a price after White Barrow, who ran a monster race for second, but has just kind of unfortunately fell victim to having a bunch of just near misses. But yeah, No Balls was just, I mean, we make the joke that it's Kyle's horse, but no, this horse was just un unbelievable. I Again, as you touched on, as someone who follows Arlington closely, it's not really what you see from Ravelli's horses. His horses are kind of always the same thing. They just send... And uh, usually they either get away or if they send and you start to see them tire out a little bit on the turn, that horse is absolutely done and you wasted your money. So usually if you don't see a horse like No Balls on the lead, you're like, okay, this horse has no chance. But an unbelievable ride certainly wasn't an easy trip and a great performance. And you're right. If you said No Balls won this race, I would have been surprised. If you said this horse wasn't on the lead and able to wire him and still won, I'd be like, I don't even understand how. Uh, Patrick, we're fans, of course, of the Clements and Big Evasion. I just think he the, the rail he checked a little bit. We're not going to show the replay. There's a point where he checked a little bit. I think five is a little bit too short. He's a really damn good horse, though. I hope they keep him training and keep him running. I, I just love that horse. Yeah, the horse is awesome. And I, I was on uh, Roses for Deborah. Um, horse didn't run much. No. Uh, I, I really didn't know what the idea was because that, you know, Roses for Deborah showed a lot of speed. In previous races and yep. in that spot just didn't just didn't really show much no that was this was race crazy. this race killed me by the way i had i needed big invasion i had a pick i had a nice big pick three i had a big double the pick yep. five and basically basically this cost me the big invasion not getting up cost yep. me everything this would have been a huge day Guys, I'm going to detour a bit. We got Jim uh, Miller in the bullpen. Jim, we're going to bring on just a few minutes. I'm actually going to talk to Jim first. And then, Jim, and I know you can hear me. If you want to stay on, Jim, and I'll bring you guys back on if you want. Actually, I think I'm just going to leave everyone on unless you guys have to go. If you guys have to go, that's fine. I think we'll talk about the Hawthorne contest first, and then I'll run through my uh, BCBC real quick. To I know some people were interested in talking about it. Um, elite power, Pete, to end the Breeders' Cup. Uh Listen, I know you've been high on him all, you know, for, for two years. Um, I liked him. I just didn't have a strong opinion in this race. I got to be very honest. I knew, obviously, he could win. I was a little more interested in Gunite. Elite Power, again, comes over the top. We're not going to show the replay. 108-1. and one. I mean, what are you going to say? This is He's just an awesome horse. Yeah, it was great. And the way the track was playing, so I remember getting – because I had picked Speedboat Beach earlier in the week, but the way the track was playing – I decided, you know, this was going to be elite power just the way just the way it was going. And then Speedboat Beach didn't do himself any favors by Speedboat Beach. Just Mike Smith just needs to go and try yeah, and run them off doing? their feet. I, I don't know what he I don't know what I don't know if it would have mattered, but you still didn't put that horse in the best chance to win. And then from there, it was Gunite did what you expected him to do. Attack Speedboat Beach, like just like we talked about. And then can elite power run him down? And and he did. And. As you know, we like I said, me and Paul always love this horse. We talk him up all the time. I was yeah. expecting actually Paul to have a bigger number after Elite Power won. I thought he was going to go nuts on Elite Power. So, <laughs> um, but he he was great, and it, and the race played out pretty great. And if you, I mean, if you had if you played like a 
Speedboat Beach, I mean, Elite Power over a couple horses, Gun Knight, who was a, a lock to finish close to the top two. And then you just put a bunch of horses in third. You can actually cash on this race, which turned out to be pretty chalky otherwise. But actually, there was a chance yeah. to make some money with the triple. Uh, Charlie, you want to say something quick, and then we're going to let Patrick go and bring on Jim. Yeah, I think Pete kind of foreshadowed exactly. This was the race that made my day. I went with a classic Charlie Freeman, super skinny ticket for the all-dirt pick four, playing into a single for elite power, decided to also put uh, the biggest win bet I've put on a single horse to kind of show I was going to double down on this horse. And then wow. after that, I was like, well, we might as well triple down. So I put elite power, just as you touched on, Pete, elite power over uh, gun night. And then I will say the Wesley Ward wise finally paid off because I did tip out Nakatomi finishing third. Uh, and so nice. I had that horse in third, who I believe was the longest shot in the race or the second longest. Uh, so I will say I was very pleasantly surprised to get that one right. One, two, three. But yeah, Elite Power just flew over the top. I kind of took advantage of my idea of fading the Cali horses and fading the idea that all those Cali horses were going to be towards the front and take advantage of those coming uh, more off the pace. I will say, though, Nakatomi's race was very interesting to me because in my head and when I talked to uh, my uncle and Wesley, it kind of seemed like what was going to happen would be Nakatomi would sit off the pace, take advantage of a hot pace and close in for second or third. Instead, this horse sends initially with Speedboat, then sits back a little bit towards the end but does a nice job saving ground goes yeah. a little to the outside after being on the rail and then rallies back up for third so for me that race kind of capped off what kind of ended as a really nice hot streak after a tough start to the day but elite power man yeah. that horse was just much the best now nah, we were happy for you charlie i saw some a few hundreds he was fanning out there in his uh wall nice. so good, nice. for, good for uh charlie and by the way if nakatomi can show more tactical speed going forward he's gonna be a really yeah. nice a horse next year patrick i know you gotta go any other quick final thoughts from you on the whole experience in general no, it's just an awesome time, and I can't wait to get back out there again next year. Uh, you know, we're going back out there. Uh, it feels like every year now. So we're going back to Noah, Noah's, uh, Noah's next, next two year. Years. It's next two years at Del Mar, yeah. Patrick. So yeah. that flight, it's only well, it's only another 20 minutes further. What's five, five and a half? Who cares, right? So yeah, nothing awesome. like doing it at, at 7 a, 6.30 a.m. on Sunday after, you know, dinner, yeah. getting home. From, yeah, you know, whatever. No, all a great time. <laughs> you might want to go with a little later flight on the way home next time so you don't have to get up at 2.45 in the morning <laughs> for your yeah. uh, car ride to the airport. Patrick, thanks a lot. We'll let you go. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. See you, Patrick. All right, let's bring on guys. And if anyone needs to go, we're, we're just going to gym for five minutes. I'm going to talk for five, 10 minutes, guys, and, and that's it. But Jim's been waiting patiently. We really appreciate uh, Jim Miller from Hawthorne Racers coming on to talk about the Hawthorne contest. Let's find out how his Breeders' Cup weekend was in general. Jim, let's bring you on here. There we go. Jim, long time no talk. How you doing? I know. I'm sitting in my car in lovely Winona, Minnesota right now, going to visit my daughter here at college. So Ah, very nice. nice. Yeah, nice to check in with you guys. I, I'll tell you, my Breeders' Cup was made because of the turf sprint, because of the local connections, Larry Ravelli, <laughs> no balls, huge price horse that I've had a lot of success. on. I know Howard, you probably hate the horse right now. But, well, uh, you know, no, I, I don't <laughs> hate the horse. That, that made, that made my weekend. Wow. You know, his weekend also made is Justin Mustari and Vince Foglia. How do I know? Yeah. Because they went from nowhere up to like sixth and like 18th of the BCPC. So I know yeah. they had that horse, Jim. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, it was a great ride. I was talking to Larry about it just yesterday morning, and he just talked about the fact that these horses went so fast that it was good that he wasn't on the lead. And then it was just a great ride by the jocks. Stay on the inside. Wait, 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 wait. And the horse they had to beat was the horse that had to follow him through the hole. So worked out perfectly. And then even Larry said he got a little worried about that last 70 yards that the other horse was going to get there. But the uh, timing was right. So that was yeah, very cool. He's never really close from that 
far back to. If he can Never. do that, Jim, he's got a different horror. I mean, he's already really good, but I mean, yeah. Uh, Jim, let's all at the Hawthorne contest, my friend. Uh, yeah. I'm competing in it. I'm pretty sure Kyle Roscoe is also. I've qualified for the NHC. I'm going to try to get a second entry. Kyle's going to go to his first. Matt Miller will go for his second. And I mean, what the hell? Even if he had to, he'd be playing it anyway because of the million dollar bonus. Let's right. prep this, Jim. It is, you have to be there in person. But we know a lot of people travel to the Chicago area over Thanksgiving break. It's an unbelievable opportunity and it's just fantastic structure. I'll let you quickly talk about the Hawthorne contest in two weeks in the Chicago area. Well, and the cool thing about it, Howard, is the way that we set it up is we give you six OTB locations because some people want to go into Midway. Some people want to fly into O'Hare or go to northern or southern suburbs. So there's six OTB locations that you can play at. So first and foremost, a lot of places to go. Second, no entry fee for this contest. You go in and you play the races how you would a day at the races. So it's a three-day contest, but they're three separate contests. So if you have a bad day one day, that's okay. So Friday, $300 bankroll. Saturday and Sunday are each a $500 bankroll. But again, you can play multi-race wagers. You can play the track that you like. You keep what you make. So you can have a great day. And even if you don't win a seat, you're still going to take that money home, but it's two NHC seats on Friday, four on Saturday, four on Sunday, and really the format is excellent. It's one of those things where if you're going to go out and play a day at the races and you're in that area, why not just get in the contest? If you get lucky and you have a great day, you could qualify for the NHC. And then like you said, million-dollar bonus there. If you win any of those days and win the NHC, we're going to give you a million bucks on top of it. So it's a nice little setup. It's a nice little kind of carrot to dangle out there as well. Well, I know Charlie would be interested in maybe flying home for that contest, but he's got a little college football game that Saturday that I think he's slightly interested in being a, a student at the Ohio State University gym. But I know he'll be uh, he'll be watching probably the horses and the football game, uh, maybe not simultaneously. But I'll tell you, there are some thoroughbreds in that game, by the way, like maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr., Charlie, speaking of horses and, and talented uh, <laughs> athletes, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's the greatest wide receiver prospect I've ever watched and probably the greatest college football prospect I've personally grown up watching where I could truly remember. I mean, there's a reason they call him Maserati Marvin. Scout said it was like seeing the next year's Lamborghini that you can't have access to yet. I mean, he's unbelievable. Uh, Jim, it's going to be I'm going to be at the Oakbrook OTB, I believe. We yep. already have a table. And again, uh, shout out to everyone at all the Hawthorne OTB outlets. It's just a fantastic um you know, tournament in general. And you know me, I'm usually pretty aggressive. I'll be finding a 250 or $500 straight double just to fire and see if I can get up to the, you know, several thousands. I will not be nickeling and diming my way, which is absolutely okay. If you want to do that, Jim, that's absolutely fine. But I do think it is harder to get to the top of the leaderboard if you try to work your way up slowly. I'm not going to tell people yeah. what to do with their money. That's just my opinion. Well, and we've talked to Matt Miller time and again about the way that he attacks contests, and he does. He attacks the contest. He'll find a wager, find a horse that he likes, and he's going to go right after it. And because of that, that's what you want to see. Go after that contest, attack it, and find a way to make some money. Uh, like you see in the comment right there, Eddie O was sharing on an 80-to-1 shot, and it was huge money for him. He turned a contest into $36,000 for one of these. So it's one of those things where you can have a good weekend, put things together the right way, and play a circuit that you're comfortable with. We're not going to say you just have to play these races or you're just stuck at this one circuit. Play whatever you're comfortable with, and that definitely helps. I don't know about the high rollers, Smogington, but I've <laughs> definitely become more aggressive uh, in, in recent years because I feel like that's the best way to go. Jim, I'm going to quickly talk about the BCBC. I know you probably got to get going. Are you welcome to stay on? What would you like to do? 
I'm going to head out. I'm like okay. I said, I'm visiting my daughter this weekend yep. in Winona State. It's great seeing awesome. all you guys, and I'm sure I'm going to see you guys again very soon. Thank you. Will you be in town? You're going to be at, where are you going to be for the Hawthorne contest? You can be different OTPs. Uh, I'm going to visit a different. I'm going to visit a different parlor each day, so I'll see, definitely awesome. see you out there at Oakbrook. All right, great. We'll we'll talk. Thanks a lot, Jim. Say hi right, to your daughter you uh, for me as well, and good luck to her at school, of course. You got it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jim. Take see care. You, Jim. All right, bye bye. All right, guys. So very quickly, um, and I'm you know. A lot of people were asking me, guys, what happened to the BCBC? So I tweeted out uh, with two races left, the leaderboard, guys, where I was at 72,000 um, and change and seventh out of 587. I'm going to go through this very quickly because I know it's getting a little bit late and people want to get going. So, guys, I, Pete, I did what I said I was going to do up until the last two races, to be very honest. I played only minimums on Friday. I was not going to let the two-year-olds beat me. I lost every damn minimum. I'm not going to lie. I was at 5,700 on both entries uh, into Saturday. My, my first big play in general, guys, was uh, in Spiral. It was in Spiral uh, in the uh, Philly and Mare uh, turf into Goodnight Olive, and that really boosted me up. I played, I didn't go all in, but I played a pretty big uh, on the main ticket guys, and I played a backup double gentleman with a warm heart into Goodnight Olive. So that was a big play for me. Nothing creative, but look, it actually paid better than I thought it would, uh, just because the Inspire was such a big field. Oh, wait, um, real I quick, that that's the that's the lesson, right? I think you, I'm assuming you guys talk about it, is you don't have to hit the, you don't need to to look for the 20 to one shots, the 15 no. to one shot. If you see a good opinion, just bang it and be, have some confidence in it. And that's what I think what you were going to, you know, we talked about that and you did it and that's what got you, you know, shooting up yeah. the leaderboard. And you have to play seven of the nine races guys on Saturday for those of you that are not familiar. So I sat out the Cody's wish race and I told myself over and over again, I have it written down. Do not play the turf spin race 10. Oops. But things change for specific reasons. How anyway, much is the, How much are the minimums for everyone 600. listening? 600 okay the mile i played 600 bucks i played geomantica i just messed around a little bit did not hit that uh race but again didn't really cost me much and then and then i made big push guys i went um the just staff i went i bet big doubles big doubles idiomatic to augusta rodan i backed up with um clarier was a smaller double guys to augusta rodan i was not all in but i was close to all in if augusta rodan had lost i would have down to like four or five thousand dollars well augusta rodan won and on my backup ticket i only had like six hundred dollars but on the main ticket i was in the 40s at that point so i was really happy uh where i was i also had a win bet on augusta rodan i had a monster this this is where things got crazy and no one Charlie, you don't even know the details i had a monster like a like a fifteen thousand some crazy dollar double um, August Rodan to Ushba. If Ushba had won, guys, in the Classic, I would have sat about $205,000. And for those of you out there that are listening, this is real money. This is not Monopoly money. This is not like mythical money. This is real-ass money. Um, I want to say also, well, for disclosure, um, I was not the... I had two entries. They were not all mine. I shared them with two other people, so it was not... I was in for 5000 Someone else was in for 5000 and someone else was in for 10000 So I just want to be very clear, although I'm not proud of coming home with zero, It was I only was in for 5000 which makes my bet, at least for me, a little more uh, reasonable. But anyway, if Ushba won, guys, I was up to two hundred five. But what I'm proud of is I did have a big win bet backup on White Abario. I had about a $15,000 win bet on, a, on White Abario. And guys, I was all in right there. If White Abario or Ushba doesn't win, I'm out. 
I'm zeroed out. I'm absolutely done. I emptied the tank. White of Barrio won, which is my second best option, and got me to the 72 that I tweeted out. At that point, wait, can I, I stop you right there? How did me. no one at the table smack the phone out of your hand? You don't tweet. That's like going. That's like talking about the no hitter in the dugout. What the hell were you? As soon as well, we saw it, I was like, "What the hell is he doing?" You don't tweet well, that look. shit at, at when you're in the middle of the contest. <laughs> Somebody should have smacked the phone out of your hand, man. Well, a lot of people were asking about where I was, <laughs> and I didn't know if I was going to go any higher. Send than them seven. the link. You know, <laughs> send them the link in well, advance. <laughs> no, nah, they could have looked. I just thought it was a good moment to, to show people like this is where I'm at, and I got a lot of positive comments. And hindsight did it jinx me. I don't I don't know. Um, my plan all along was not to play a service sprint. What basically happened, guys, is because there were so many people ahead of me, Pete, I mean, I thought I'd be like in second or third, and I was seventh at that point, and there were people that are already in the hundred and something. I felt like, along with uh, my two compatriots who I talked to, that we sort of had to make a move that was a little bit unorthodox. I played huge doubles from the turf sprint to Speedboat Beach. So it actually wouldn't have mattered. Even if I hit the turf race, it wouldn't have mattered. I veered. I didn't love the last race. I didn't have a strong enough opinion on, on elite power. I wish I did. By the way, Drew Cotney, guys, I don't know if you know this. I, I mentioned this to Patrick. Drew Cotney, a good friend of the show, BCBC champ, had five or six horses, guys, into elite power in doubles and did not have no balls. And if he hit that, he would have up to like 120, like 220 or something. So it's absolutely insane. That's even worse. Well, actually, it's better because he had white. Uh, he had elite power. But anyway, I felt horrible for Drew. I didn't even know what he had. Uh, told, I found out after the fact. Anyway, I was down to 20,000 at the end. Again, it's only 5,000 for me. I should say only. It sounds disrespectful. And I just decided to play Dutch exact as guys. Speedboat Beach uh, under um, Elite Power, Gunite, and uh, Dr. Shivel weighted differently to try to get to about, uh, if I hit that, guys, I would have gotten to about 105,000 and finished at like 7th or 8th or whatever. Anyway, the last two races were obviously a disaster for me. I'm very proud of what I did. I was 7th out of 587 people going the last two races. I stuck to my plan. I pounded on in spiral. I crushed Augusta Rodan. Uh, it just didn't work out the end. Congratulations to everyone who, Sean Borman, who had, was the winner with 230,000 plus another 400 guys. He finished with 630 and uh, everyone else who cashed, um, including Paul Halloran, who finished with $20,000. So congrats to him. Um, my regret, what I should have done, and I'll end the show here. What I should have done in hindsight is skip the turf sprint, like I said, play about a $23,000 straight exact in the last race cold punch to try to win the whole thing, which was possible. But to be honest, Pete, I don't think I would have an eight, nine. I probably would have had nine, eight. I got to yeah. be honest with people. Um, so I wouldn't have gotten anyway, but I would have walked home where we, the people within my ticket would have walked home with 50 plus another 10, about 60. I would have walked home with about 15,000, which would have been nice. But, uh, Anyway, it wasn't. Well, that's where you're. We're not having a strong opinion hurts because you couldn't yeah. just. You didn't have confidence to do that because you didn't. You probably had no confidence in what you would have played with that money. So that's what. That's what kind of sucks. I just didn't. But for Charlie and Noah, younger guys here in this crazy amount of money or people at home, I don't listen. The BCBC is nuts. I don't. People you have to think of it as play money a little bit if you want to win it. When Matt says that all the time when he's on, he's like, you can't think about, hey, I'm going to lose this much. You have to just think about it. Like, if I want to win, great. If I want to go home with 50 grand, that's great, too. Just 
play, you know, like you said, play 20 and go home with 50, but you wouldn't have, it would have been tougher to win necessarily depending on what your play was, but you got to either play to win or just be happy going home with some money. It's, you can't really yeah. be in between though. No. And for full disclosure, last thing I will say, if I was hundred percent, my, my money, like myself and I had 72, I would have definitely done the latter. I, I I'm not afraid of that. Maybe, you know, $15,000 to win 450 guys. I mean, or 600. I mean, that's good odds right there, but I definitely would not have done what I did. I took my shot. Um, guys, I've been in the mix in some big contests, and I, I feel without sounding like a complete arrogant asshole, I think my time will come. I feel good about my handicapping. I think my strategy was very sound. Just the last two races didn't work out for me. So uh, that's how the BCBC went. Uh, as we end the show, I'll, I'm just going to go in reverse order. We'll go bottom left to top right. Charlie, final thoughts of your very first Breeders' Cup, man. Oh, it's absolutely terrific. I mean, again, for something that wasn't supposed to happen to having a casual talk and scrambling to make this work and, you know, having such a great time hanging out with Noah and, you know, getting to finally, you know, sit down and break down some races with someone my age, which is not something I normally get to do and enjoy that. Uh, you know, then as you mentioned, you know, Friday had a rough day and then Noah and I were all over unquestionable to save the day. And then Saturday, you know, go from bad beat to bad beat. And it's the some person who doesn't shut up going radio silent because I was in disbelief that, I was down big instead of up hundreds of dollars and then have that strong finish and hit my first uh, pick four or longer ticket in person was really cool as well as, you know, hitting white Barrio and elite power as my two singles to kind of finish strong end of the day, you know, to finish profitable on top of all that. I mean, it was an unbelievable weekend really went by too fast. Absolutely loved it. And without hesitation, I already told my parents I'm going back next year. So at least I get a little more notice. <laughs> and met that Matt Bernier and Eddie Olchek you met also, right? Yep. And of course, yeah, no, the Dormans, that was, that which, was I mean, so cool. The Dormans too, which you know, was amazing. Obviously, absolutely. Nah, Charlie it was cool that you were out there. We're really happy to have you. And God bless Noah for putting up with you for like two days. I mean, I don't know how the hell he did it. But how was how was In and Out Burger, by the way, Charlie? Oh, the I mean, again, for those who don't know, I'm a picky eater, but I will say the fries for someone who only eats pizza and fries, they were tremendous. <laughs> I, I can give that credit. They were very good, and the shake was good as well. So, uh, remember those yeah, days when you were younger, we could just pick out all the time and wouldn't show up, and then get older and you know well you don't have to worry i still about it. I, I still do it and then i you know then i have to spend two hours in the bathroom but i still do it every once in a while all right well you just wash it down with some beer right pete i mean you know i mean yeah that's what that's what these guys do that's that's their diet not mine unfortunately <laughs> uh noah your first breeders cup right your first breeders cup uh mm -hmm. you're you live in southern california i'm sure it was special to see your family I and mean, the whole the whole weekend was was awesome i'm sure for you Oh yeah, it was it was super. Um, it went by too fast. Um, got to spend the two days with uh, super nice people. Um, had a good day uh, or a good two days betting wise. Um, hopefully, we'll uh, be able to do it next year, and Pete can meet us out there. Yeah, Pete, you gotta meet us out there, and it yeah, sounds like Charlie's gonna be saying, saying your place again and maybe taking the train. Right, Noah, to the tracks. Is that the oh yeah? Like the yeah, we, we've already got that figured out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, Noah, you better be on fire next year because Delmar's your home track. So we're all going to be looking to you. No pressure. Yeah, I got all. no excuses. Uh, Pete, we'll let you wrap up the show, my friend. I know you were, of course, in Maryland, but it's always cool to see big time horses, big time races, whether you won or lost. It was it was a great weekend. They're going to be out west again in the next two years. 
Yeah, it's funny because when we were going in, we talked about how there were no, you know, quote unquote, big stars there. And that maybe took a little bit of the luster off. But then when you get to the races and then you make newer stars and, and the stars sort of rise to the top and there's great. There were some really competitive races. There were some really great performances. And that's all you can ask for from a Breeders' Cup. I will say it's funny. The best win I had of the day was the race that I wasn't even close. Well, I was close to having the winner, but I hit the sprint. I hit a, a wild superfecta and the 10 cent super oh. paid 650. And I had all on top with, with big invasion and motorious in second, and then like six horses in third and all in fourth. And that was actually my biggest hit of the day, which is funny because oh, really? I'm like with all the, all the handicapping and all the close horses, it was the race where I didn't even have the winner close, but I wound up hitting my biggest wow. ticket. And like I said, I had a, my second biggest hit of the day was a, was a, I banged this horse at Remington in a, in a 220 yard, like a 220 yard race that I, I wound up hitting for like 400 on a race that I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. We were just sitting there drinking. So great day all around. I wish I was with you guys, but you know, at least I was at the track and, and doing something, doing something you, you that we all spent, love. You probably speed handicap that race for 30 seconds. Meanwhile, you spend 10 hours handicapping. Exactly. I'm much better. I said, I just need to stick to the, I just need to stick to the quarter horses. That's my, that's my game. Although I did, there's a race coming up this weekend. I put a horse in my stable from, I think it was either Remington or FanDuel. I put a horse in my stable and the horse is running a week back. So I'm going to, I'm going to, going to bang this horse on Saturday, hopefully. So you see pays to watch the the night tracks that nobody, that nobody cares about. In closing people that are going to have the power picks for this week, we're, I'm going to be covering Churchill and New York. Just let you guys know, Churchill's got a nice late pick five, by the way, on Saturday and guys in closing to everyone listening and watching and gentlemen on the screen, you don't even know this. We had about 13 shows. We had almost 45,000, 45,000 views on YouTube. Shout out to everyone out there, all you guys out there. Thank you so much. I didn't even count the listens, guys. We probably had about three, 4,000 listens on our audio platforms. We are up to, what, 3.1 plus uh, thousand subscribers. We're almost at 2,000 on Twitter. We just continue exploding. We cannot do it. Uh, without all you guys out there. So thank you very much. Next week, we're back on our regular schedule, Wednesday night, Ben and Boozin, with a new logo, I hear, a new logo, with with a Charlie and a Noah finally going to be on uh, the logo, and then our flagship show, Pete and Paul, will be back on Thursday. For my good friend and co-host, Pete Visco, Charlie Freeman, Noah Maher that way, and Patrick Hudson, who uh, had to leave us, and, of course, our thoughts with Paul Halloran in Kentucky. This has been episode 308 of the HHH Racing Podcast Breeders' Cup Recap. Crush your bets wherever you play this weekend. Thanks a lot, everyone. Take care. Good night. Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.